Hello and welcome to Under London's Ground, the podcast by archaeologists who love London and all the weird, wonderful, amazing and quirky things that have happened here. I am Paul Duncan McGarrity, who, as we've already discussed many, many times, has stupid hobbies. And I am joined by Amy, tall drink of water, Atkins. <laughs> Go tell them where that came from. I'm not. It was. <laughs> it was. It was because we would obviously like you to uh, rate and review this podcast if you've enjoyed it, particularly at this most giving time of year. <laughs> Welcome to the Christmas special. Yeah. What am I saying? Oh, didn't you want to? <laughs> oh, brilliant! But before we get, can I can I shout? It's Christmas. Can well, I shout? You told me it was copyrighted. It's just do it. It's Christmas. And I'll send you the bill. <laughs> we get sued, we, you're going down. You said I couldn't sing it. No, it's... Well, no, you, no, no, no. I said you couldn't sing it. Oh, I can't sing, though, <laughs> so it, there's no thing. problem. So, um, yeah, we, the Tall Drink of Water is uh, from one of the reviews, which uh, I, I now understand is your other half. It is my boyfriend, Jeff. Yes. Um, I'm not which, getting random compliments. No, because I read that first and I was like, oh, it's good that we're getting reviewed, but that is creepy. What's this focused on? <laughs> yeah. No, sadly, he's just trying to, he's just trying to support me via anonymous reviews on iTunes. <laughs> That's nice as always. <laughs> Wait. Anyway, it's Christmas! Oh god, the, the, the trouble. Yes, it is the Christmas special of Under London's Ground, which, considering we have not been going very long, is presumptuous of us. <laughs> so, what happens when you launch in November? Yeah, you, quite. you suddenly go, oh god! We have to do a Christmas special. We have to yeah. do a Christmas special, we probably do. Um, and we've got some really interesting ones. This episode is called uh, Cake, Wine, and Tree. Oh yeah. Yes. And without further ado and without any backstory. <laughs> if you tuned into last week's episode, I gave yeah. a, 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 a I overdid it. Yeah. Um on the backstory on the context. So mine is a little bit about Christmas. Now, Christmas <laughs> started in 33 <laughs> AD. No, it didn't. That's that's Easter. <laughs> I got the wrong one. Oh my. Ah. You have ruined Christmas. I've ruined Christmas. Yep. All right. Paul McScrooge. <laughs> no, um, I am going to tell you all about why the actors that perform at, on Twelfth Night mm-hmm. in the Theatre Royal on Drury Lane mm. get given cake, wine and punch. Oh. Yes. Oh, please do. And it's all because of one man. His name was uh, Robert Baddeley. I just wanted to see what your reaction to Baddeley was, which was... It, it was completely blank. Everyone. Yes, absolutely <laughs> blank. Robert Baddeley, uh, who was a sort of a, um, a, a character actor during the 18th century, um, when the theatre was under the control of David Garrick. Have you ever heard of David Garrick? Mm-hmm. So he's... If there's a very famous painting of him in... I believe it's in the uh, Royal Portrait Gallery, where he's uh, playing a Shakespearean part, and he looks brilliant because... It's supposed to be him doing the dramatic role and he's standing up from the bed mm. and like looking shocked. But to me, it always looks like someone's just like, just got him right in the bum. <laughs> he's going, oh! I was about to say, you have just made a motion that is not PG. It's not PG. <laughs> but um, if, 
if you can imagine what that emotion is <laughs> that ends up with the face that with, with with the voice, oh, oh. it's that one. Um, but it's the, so is it the Garrick Theatre that's next to the National Portrait Gallery? Yeah, somewhere around that neck of the woods. But yes, I think I've seen it. You have yeah. seen it. So the Garrick Theatre is named related to him. Okay, cool. Garrick. And David Garrick uh, was in charge of the company at Theatre Royal of Drury Lane. Um, which was the second theatre to be built in the West End after the Cockpit Phoenix. I beg your pardon. I know. <laughs> uh, and it turns out that Robert Baddeley was pretty much... You, you just um, He played Moses in The School for Scandal. Uh, he had lots of these sort of like character parts. He wasn't a, like a major actor. Mm. Um, it was various controversies with regards to his wife and a duel, and apparently his wife may have... Uh, had a dalliance with uh, David Garrick's brother, but they didn't come to no. actual. I know that seems to be like the thing no. when he's alive. Yeah, and, it, and the, so his quick bit of gossip because let's be honest. Oh, Zudish. Arche- archaeologists and historians are essentially just golem co- um, golem columnists. No, <laughs> gossip columnists. Yeah. Who know that they can't be sued? A golem columnist, on the other hand, <laughs> is someone who every month writes, "I just want to run, <laughs> give me the run," for five hundred words in yeah. the in the mirror. I don't do that. Hmm? That's not what I went to university to study. What gossip? Golem. Yeah. <laughs> but no, um, history's just gossip. So uh, the gossip for uh, Robert Badley is that his wife was a considered a great beauty hmm. and. The, uh, the daughter of the king's trumpeter. Oh. I know. Um, and there was, seems to have been sort of like... This story's getting saucy. I knew. Uh, Sophia, I believe. And I think she may have acted as what, well. The no, she was called... I was about to say. Yeah, yeah. Sophia. Um, Adderley. Uh, I believe she may have acted as well. And there seems to have been like the suggestion that um, David Garrick's brother, George, got involved. Uh, Badly finds out. Chances to to a duel, they don't draw blood. They sort of like sort their difference. Bit of a naff duel then. Yeah, I mean, just like, hand slapping. I don't. Like, it doesn't say what they were. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cracking folly work again. Ow! All right, you can have a. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Essentially that. And he separates from her shortly afterwards, and ends up living with another woman for the rest of his life. Okay, that's fair dues. He probably would ha- have disappeared into sort of uh, the the footnotes of like obscurity. Uh, yeah. yeah, academics who study uh, like the minor actors and 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 they're like, oh, actually, it was quite interesting. He had a duel and nobody died, you know, that sort of thing. Except that in his will, he left a hundred pounds so that every year on Twelfth Night, all of the actors that were performing in the Theatre Royal were given a cake, some wine, and punch. And that will, uh, his uh, annuement, has been continued for over 200 years. No way! The 200th anniversary was 1994. It's still still going. Still going. So I think, is it 42nd Street here in the moment? And if you go online, like, we'll try and find some maybe. Yeah, yeah. The cakes have gone from what I assume were... Like a little fruitcake. Someone just going down yeah. and getting a fruitcake <laughs> to these things that are like the set 
and they're like six feet tall. You would tall. go all out. If it's like a 200 year tradition, you're not just yeah. going to do it, you know, half arsed. Yeah, and so like whoever's just, it must be great being like an actor at the Theatre Royal. Because all the others, all the other theatres, mm. you're employed, you know, you're happy. Yeah. But 12th night comes, 6th of June, uh, 6th of January, sorry. Mate, you are your crisp for Christmas special. You have not nailed the key, the basic <laughs> facts. <laughs> Time uh, of year and yeah. when Christmas started. Can I? Can I defend myself? No. Okay. <laughs> um. So, Theatre Royal is the one that's associated with Nell Gwynn, isn't it? Mm. So Nell Gwynn was the uh, mistress of King Charles II. Yes. But she was also like England's first ever actress, I think, and she trod the boards. Is that what they say? Yeah. Walk the boards. Walk the boards. Walk the plank. She didn't walk the plank. She might have. Um, uh, she flapped on some wood. <laughs> so Charles II had actually legalised acting as a profession for women yeah. because it came after the Cromwells. He he did not like it. Yeah, um, yeah. So so yeah. Before that, but before that, she was actually an orange seller at the Theatre Royal. Right. She worked for a prostitute. She worked for a prostitute. So this prostitute owned, ran this like orange selling operation. That sounds I like assume, an orange seller. I assume it wasn't just oranges. Oh, was it kind of like, would sir like some juice? Quink. <laughs> By which I mean illicit sexual liaisons for money. Quink. This doesn't feel very Christmassy. I know, but it's... The... <laughs> it's got a bit dirty. Dirty. <laughs> um, I have a different fact about the Theatre Royal. Go on, then. The Theatre Royal is the only theatre in London with two royal boxes in the auditorium. Oh, that's exciting. I don't know why. Uh, in case they've had a tiff on the way to the theatre. I don't know. She's sitting over there. She knows what she's done. <laughs> Get um, any other box. It's also, you know, it's um, also the Theatre Royal is owned by Andrew Lloyd Webber. He owns so many theatres. Like, I mean, it makes sense. He's sort of few, in yeah, the biz. The Lord. But because um, it's quite prestigious. Mm. I mean, you get free cake, wine and punch. Yeah. That's a, that's a perk. That's amazing. Quite. Do you think it's out of his pocket now? Or do you think that £100 has somehow stretched? Because I, I think it was buying bonds. It's not just like, until the money runs out and everyone's been really frugal. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if he'd spring for that, would he? Know. I don't, I don't know, know the man. Don't know I don't, where I'm, I'm okay. not going to judge him. Don't, don't know where he stands. Don't know him from Adam. Two hundred yeah. year old. Tra- so, uh, do you want to? Because uh, the last um, episode, if you've listened to it, and please do go back in our catalogue if this is the first <laughs> one you started with. It's well worth it. Uh, we were talking about fires and stuff like that. Mm. I've got some fiery theatre facts if you're interested. Mm. Uh, both about the same area. Okay. Uh, do you know where the only uh, thatch roof since the Great Fire of London is? The only factory to be built in London since the Great Fire of London is it the Globe? Is the Globe? Is it the Globe? It's the Globe. But that set fire from a cannon, didn't it? In 1616. Ah, before the fire. In 1613. Sorry, it, that, it, it set fire in 1613. Shakespeare died in 1616. I'm getting my facts all over the shop today. But uh, yes, that set fire in 1613 during a performance of Henry VIII. Yeah, because they used a cannon. They used, they used to use cannon for like thunder and things like yeah, that, yeah. didn't they? And then they used this cannon that set fire to the factory. Well, the th- and th- hang on, the thunder they're, they're... they do is was something called um, a thunder run. So oh, the cannonball would actually be like in a, shoot, yeah. So if you go yeah. to the theatre royal in Bristol, they've uh, renovated their 200 year old cannonball run, and they actually use that in performances. Oh really? It's really cool. Uh, whereas in Henry VIII, in the oh, was it globe, just natural cannon? They just fired a cannon into the roof. Hmm. Okay, yep. but hang on. So their response to oh no, there's been this horrific 
this, there's been a fire at the Globe. There's then this, been this fire that's destroyed most of London. Hmm. Let's build it in Thatch. Again. They, no, they said that was one of the things. They were like, no more Thatch roofs. Apart from the Globe. The Globe had to get special uh, dispensation oh, okay. to be, because they, they, they built it as a replica, and that law still stood. Oh, right, no right, Thatch roofs. Where did they build that then? The Globe on the yeah, South yeah. Bank. Uh, don't know specifically. Was 80s, it 90s? 90s, yeah, yeah something okay. like that. So they had to say, can we please, can we please have a fat roof, please? And they went, we'll go on then. All right. So there is one theatre in yeah. the whole of London, which is also, uh, it has been given special licence to be fully candle lit. Ooh. I don't know which one. It's the sister theatre to the Globe that they've recently built, the Sam Wanamaker, which is a replica of a Jacobean indoor theatre and is right next door to the Globe. So you have the only one that's allowed to be candle-lit oh, no right next door to the only one that has a thatched roof. <laughs> that's so dumb! <laughs> that they, is not smart thinking! They have put it in an entirely separate brick building, but yeah, I just think that's quite fun together. That is very... That is... That, I mean, it makes me facepalm a little bit, but... <laughs> Don't we employ like town planners to to address these sort of things? Yes, and they went go for it. Yeah, yeah. not yourselves. I'm a town planner. I'm not a fire marshal. (laughs) (laughs) So that's the end of my fact. Would you like to bring us something else, Chris? Ding dong, merrily on high. Did you mean fact-wise? I did. Sorry. Okay, so my fact is that Norway has given Britain a Christmas tree every single year since 1947. Oh, that's nice of them. It's it's the big Christmas tree that you see in Trafalgar Square. Yes. Um, and so it actually comes from the city of Oslo um, every year. And yeah, so it's, it's always from Oslo? Yeah. Well, okay. So the tree itself is actually, it's very carefully chosen from the forests surrounding Oslo. Yeah. Um, and they choose it sort of months, sometimes even years in advance of needing it. <laughs> and I love this so much. Apparently the foresters who look after it, yeah. this is so Scandina- Scandinavian, they affectionately call it the Queen of the Forest. Oh. How sweet is that? Um, and then they fell the tree in November. Yeah. Then they cut it down. Down with the Queen! <laughs> <Yeah>. Chop, chop! <laughs> um, <and laughs> so that's a copyright problem. <laughs> Treason. Um, well, you've offended a lot of religious people by assuming... Oh, it, it happened at some point. Um... So then they fell the tree in November and there's this really big ceremony which has like the mayor of the city of Oslo, mm-hmm. Lord Mayor of London, British Ambassador to Norway. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I presume there are other people there. Yeah, that yeah. was the only three that were listed on the website. Just those three. <laughs> so the tree is a token of thanks for British support and allegiance during the Second World War as I'm sure you'd kind of guessed from when it, the, it started in It wasn't like, the, war, uh, the war's ended, what are we going to do? Give someone a tree? Yeah. Give someone a tree? Yeah, we'll give someone a tree. <laughs> for no reason other Why? than just because we've got it. lots of trees. Um, no, it's it's quite it's quite a nice backstory actually. Um, so <laughs> it's 1939. Wars break. Hitler's out. on the rise. <laughs> this also is not actually, in hindsight, not that Christmassy. <laughs> Entering into the Rhineland, singing Christmas songs. Silent night. I'm trying to make it Christmassy. <laughs> so at the outbreak of war in 1939, <laughs> uh, Norway declared itself immediately neutral. Right. And so Germany obviously thought, well, uh, we'll have a bit of that. Right. Um, and so invaded Norway, mm-hmm. um, and they occupied several cities, including Oslo. Um, and then Germany sort of demanded that Norway completely surrender, yeah. which they were not having any of. No, um, not they were like, we're neutral, it. but we're not going to completely surrender to you. Um, and so Britain and France came to Norway's aid, 
um, and they sent troops to support the Norwegian army, and they actually pushed back the Germans and recaptured a town called Narvik, um, I think. Um, but unfortunately, about three months later, the British and French troops had to be recalled because Germany had just invaded France. Yes. Um, but interestingly, so the 62 days of fighting that took place between Germany invading um, and then... The, I was having to withdraw our troops. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that meant Norway was the nation to have withstood German occupation for the second longest period of time during the war. Wow. Followed, well, following the, the hardy Soviets, um, obviously the Soviet Union withstood German occupation for the longest time. But Norway was the second longest period of time, which I had no idea about. So when Germany took over Norway, the royal family and the government fled to London, um, where they stayed for the rest of the war. So I think it's also to do with that. I think it's not just that we sent British troops. Yeah. I think it's also that they, we, we you know. Yeah. We were like. Gave them safe haven. Um, yeah. But actually, during the course of the Second World War, several nations had government in exile in London. Yeah. Um, French, famously. They're not, they're not on my list. No. Not government in exile. They, they might have had people flee, but government in exile is quite specifically where... De Gaulle okay. was here as uh, setting up the government in exile. Oh, I don't know. Hmm? Well, again, in my list I have... Yeah. Uh, in my list I have... Czechoslovakia, Poland, Norway, Belgium, Luxembourg, and the Netherlands. Mm. Um, and we also had official representatives from Greece and Yugoslavia here. Um, so London became known as the miniature Europe because it had all these different countries based here, which mm. I think is quite nice. That is really, yeah, that's really nice. And then actually when you had... So what else did the rest of them give us? We got a tree off Norway. Do we get the baubles from Czechoslovakia? I don't, I don't know, Paul. You'll have to write to Czechoslovakia. <laughs> I can't. They no longer exist. Or you could write Oi, to Yugoslavia, I've not heard from you in a while. Oh, you broke up. No Christmas cards for the last three years. It's yeah. like my mum strikes people off the Christmas card list. Like she has <laughs> like a spreadsheet as to who she sent Christmas cards and who's sent them to oh, her. Oh, wow. And it's like wow. if they, they get three strikes and then they're, they're off her Christmas card list. Tis the season, isn't it? Yeah, also not very Christmassy, yeah. Mama. Um, so, but... When, when in exile, King Peter of Yugoslavia mm. was staying at Claridge's hotel. Oh, of course he was. Um, with his wife, who was heavily pregnant. <gasps> I know this Do one! Do you? Well, Winston Churchill said that the room yeah. they were staying in had to be part of Yugoslavia for a day. So that they could count the sun and air. So they put a jar of Yugoslavian soil under the bed when uh, she gave birth to Prince Alexander. Oh, that's absolutely superb. Yeah. I think that's brilliant. We've ended on a nice high note then. Yeah, that's really yeah, nice. So when you go to... And when did Tito take the country off the bed? <laughs> so when you go to Trafalgar Square and you see the Christmas tree, give a little nod to Norway. Yeah. Because it's nice. I'm not sure if we give Norway anything to say thank you back. I doubt it. That would be... I mean, imagine if they're striking us off, but we're really much nicer. One year we don't get yeah. a tree and we're like... <gasps> they're much nicer than your mum. They're like, look, we've given them since 1947 and they've sent nothing back. Well, that's what, like, a tradition for, like, over 70 years? Yeah. That's nice. It's really nice. Would you like to explain what else we do as uh, well as this magnificent and well-researched podcast? <laughs> so Under London's Ground um, is run by a team of archaeologists who run archaeologically themed walking tours through London. Um, so at the moment we have a Roman London tour. Ooh. I know, we have an archaeology of death tour. Oh. And we have an archaeology of performance space in the city. Oh. Not that one. <laughs> no, I think don't do that one. Get back to the... the ooh. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
And so, yeah, basically, we're both archaeologists. We really love the city that we're in and we kind of want to share its history with people. So we take you around London and show you bits of the city that you have no idea are there, um, hidden bits of archaeological evidence. And yeah, we, you'll learn a little something as well. So you can go to our website, which is where you can book, which is underlondonsground.squarespace.com. We're also on Instagram, where we post loads of interesting facts and nice pictures, which is at underlondonsground. And we're also on Twitter, which is at londonsunder. So go on, give us a follow. Um, so let's finish the podcast. Is it the time for a quick fire fact? Pew, pew! <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> um, so my fact um, is that the world's first ever traffic light was installed in London in 1868, uh, right outside the Houses of Parliament. Um, and it used the same red-green, like, stop-go system that we had, but it also used flags, like semaphore. So it was actually called a semaphore system. Yeah. Um, and it used gas lights, but unfortunately, a month after it was installed, there was a gas leak, um, and it exploded and injured a policeman. So they were like, let's not do that anymore. Um, so I'm going to put a picture on social media following this um, podcast, because... It, it, yeah, it's a bit of a weird thing. And like the newspaper articles about it are really funny. So I'll put, I'll put that out. <laughs> Traffic brought to a standstill. Then moved again. They brought to a standstill. <laughs> then moved again. Well, they got rid of them. They weren't introduced again until like the 1920s. <laughs> I know, honestly, they were like, no, not, um, we're not having it. Yeah. Got that rich care for this sort of stop-go behaviour. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like anarchism to me. <laughs> the opposite of anarchy. Uh, my fact is, the US chat show host, Jerry Springer, was born in an air raid shelter at Highgate Tube Station during the Blitz. So he's a Londoner? He is a, he is a Londoner, yes. Oh, there we go. The more you know. He's like the most London Londoner, because I think being born in, in an that air raid shelter... That is pretty London. Yeah. My uh, wife's nan mm. was married in an air raid... And her entire wedding party had to run downstairs to get into the air raid shelters. But she and her husband stayed upstairs to have their first dance. Oh, that's such a nice story. There you go. There we go. We're ending on a nice heartwarming story for our Christmas special. Yeah. So it's Merry Christmas from me, Amy Atkins. And it's Merry Christmas from me, Paul Duncan McGarrity. Ciao. And until next time, we hope that you find something covered in jingle bells near you. Bye! Ciao! You've done ciao! You've been listening to the Under London's Ground podcast. You can find us on Instagram at Under London's Ground. And on our website, unsurprisingly, Under London's Ground, where you can book to have a tour of London given to you by an archaeologist. The music you've listened to through this podcast is provided by Brown Boots. Check them out if you can.